Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. It's out of Shabbos. We continue. We left off. We're coming to the conclusion of Sukkah's last chapter, the fifth chapter, on the top of page 51a. So Amr Papa Papa says, This we had a discussion whether we had we found an argument whether we um, whether um, the Simchas Beisasheva playing the instruments, the flute, pushes off Shabbos and not. So the argument was, we said the argument was about a sacrifice. Because the argument is, Rabbi Yehuda says that the, the mitzvah of singing, it's one of the 613 mitzvahs, the mitzvah of singing is, and the, is, is the instrument. So that pushes off Shabbos, just like any, any other avoid that pushes off Shabbos. And the rabbis say, no, the, instru- the mitzvah is the singing orally with your mouth. The, sing, the music was a nice accompaniment. So, so even though you're not, a lot, not playing instruments in Shabbos, is only rabbinic, which was only, only a, became a problem in the second temple. But the rabbis, even in the temple, even though in general, we don't make any rabbinic prohibitions in the temple, but this rabbinic prohibition, they did insist in, in, in maintaining. So therefore, there was no instruments. But when it comes to the Simchas Beis Sheva, which is... Which is entirely, it's not, it doesn't say anywhere in the title you have to rejoice in Pesbeshev, but the whole thing was, was, was rabbinic basically, to add to the joy. Because since the title emphasizes in Sukkot that concept of joy, so therefore you made it extra joyful. So that, according to everyone, does not push off, push off Shabbos. Anyway, so your mother says, let's say that this whole argument, whether the main shir is bepeh. Or bekeli through instruments, an argument. We learn that a mayor holds that who used to play instruments. It was the servants of the king. So even though they were Yisraelim. They were Yisraelim, but nevertheless, nevertheless, they used to, um, they used to, they they were the ones who played the played the instruments. Not even, not even, not even the the Canaan. So either they were either they were the Canaanite slaves of the Canaan, or or they were the uh, from the the, the Israelites, but f- from. Mishpach is family that had a, a, a good lineage. So you may see in Lakuna, they were allowed to marry a coin. To marry a coin, you had to have you had to have a good a good lineage. Yeah, yeah, had a great lineage. Yeah. The only ones who were allowed to play the instruments were the Levites. So what's the argument? My lab the one who says they used Canaanite servants. Of the kainim to play the instruments, because who was in the orchestra? Tony, because he holds the mitzvah is to sing, and that was done by the Levim. But the instruments could be done by anyone, even the Canaanites, the servants of the of the kainim. But the one of Chanidim and Tignis, and the same who says Yisraelim doesn't even have to be done by the Levim. The only argument is whether they can use a Canaanite servant or it has to be a Yisrael who comes from great lineage. But the one of Hanin and Tignes who argues with them and says it must be the Levites, he holds, 
That's the mitzvah, of course. That's the obligation. And the levy, only the levy could fulfill that obligation. You can't delegate it to a Yisrael and surely not to an Ebed Kanaim. Is that the way you want to explain this argument? With Isbara, according to your logic, Rabbi Yaisi, my Kasava, what does Rabbi Yaisi hold? Um, if Rabbi Yaisi holds, if Rabbi Yaisi agrees with Rabbi Meir in the principle, there's only a two way argument here. Either the obligation is to sing or the obligation is to play the instrument. So if Rabbi Yaisi agrees with Rabbi Meir that the obligation is to sing, not to play the instrument, so I feel Nami. Why? Why does he argue? And he says that a Canaanite servant of the Canaan can't can't perform this uh, play the instrument. What do I care? That's not the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to sing, not to play the instrument. If he agrees, the mitzvah is to sing. Then even even those who come from families or great lineage, but they're Israelites. How could he delegate it to the Israelites? It's a, it's an obligation. It's on the Levites. So that's not, so therefore your, your explanation of this uh, argument is, is incorrect. El, I'll tell you, the kula everyone holds that the mitzvah is to sing. There's, there's no opinion, no, none of these three hold that the obligation is to play an instrument. And this is the argument. This is what happened. He's not, he's not saying it has to be this way. He's arguing this is what happened. The Canaanites, the, the servants, they were great musicians. You had this Italian Tony from, you know, who played in the opera, and they, they used them in the Beis Amigdash. And he says, no, they used from the families of great lineage. So what difference does it make to know what happened? You're talking about history, it's a historical note, who actually got the play. Couldn't be Canaanites that they were marrying their daughters to the priesthood. No, they weren't. No, the Canaanites didn't marry. So he says, Are just looking and seeing who played in the instrument. Oh, he played. He played in the orchestra in the temple. Surely he can marry him. He must be. Uh, he must come from great lineage. Or they wouldn't let, let let him near. And Lamaisa, am I allowed to give him Maisa? Because I saw him play the instrument. So surely he's a levy. The one who sold it was Canaanite. You can't give him Maiser, he's a Canaanite. And you can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't marry him, he's a Canaanite. The one who sold they happen to be Israelim. Yeah, they, you can say that they come from a great family. If they allow them in the temple to play in the orchestra, then you know that they come from a great family. It doesn't mean, I can, it doesn't mean he's a lady, I can't give him Maiser. They actually were Levi. Once you see someone playing in the orchestra, you say, Oh, he played in the orchestra, then forget it. You can marry his family, no questions asked, and you can give him Meiser, you can, you, can, you can fulfill your obligation. He's definitely a Levi. So that's the argument. But everyone holds that the mitzvah is to sing, the mitzvah is not to play instruments. Okay. Now, the mother says, Rabbi Yimriel Rabbi Yimriel Barabba argues. He argues on Rabbi Yisuf. Rabbi Yisuf said that the argument between Rabbi Yisuf and Yehuda and the rabbis, whether it pushes off playing instruments, pushes off Shabbos and Yom Tov, 
they're only arguing about playing the instruments over the sacrifice, not over Simchas Besachev. Because there, there's a biblical obligation to accompany the sacrifice with singing. So that's the argument. Is the mitzvah to sing or the mitzvah to play instruments? Shabbat who holds the mitzvah to play instruments and therefore pushes off Shabbos, just like slaughtering pushes off Shabbos, slaughtering the animal. And the rabbis say, no, the mitzvah is to sing, and therefore it doesn't push off. When it comes to simple behavior, Rabbi Yehi said, everyone agrees it doesn't push off Shabbos. But here, the Gemara says, Rabbi Yehi, where Rabbi argues, and Rabbi Yehi said, he says, no, machleik is b'shir shi'eva. The argument between Rabbi Yehi and and the rabbis is only by the song of the, the, uh, of the drawing of the water. says that even though there's no biblical obligation that you have to have this rejoicing, dancing all night for this, before the drawing of the water. But he says that also pushes off Shabbos. Even that pushes off Shabbos. Because since it's a mitzvah, it's a connected to a mitzvah, and it's only rabbinic, so the rabbis did not, you know, and it's in the temple. In general, the rabbis don't, don't uphold their uh, rabbinic prohibitions in the temple. So here, it's, it's, it's connected to the mitzvah of rejoicing, and it's in the temple. So therefore he holds, the rabbi said, you know what, you can play instruments. Even during the second temple, when they already made the prohibition of playing instruments on Shabbos, the first temple there was no prohibition, you can play instruments on Shabbos. It was only rabbinic. All these rabbinic prohibitions only started with the second temple. So, but he says, the rabbis made an exception. This is the exception. In the temple, you're allowed to play. No, the rabbis play, kept their prohibition in place, uh, the prohibition against playing instruments, and it doesn't push off Shabbos. Especially there were many instruments, the whole orchestra. Once you start playing, it's not just the flute, you have all, you, and it's going to break, and they, there was a heavy playing. They played all night, every night, so you're going to start fixing it. So the reason for the decree would apply, and the rabbis kept their decree. Abba Bashir shal karbin. When it comes to playing an instrument over the sacrifice, everyone holds it's avoid the Everyone holds that the, the main the main when the Torah says you have to accompany the sacrifice with singing, it's not the singing, it's playing the instruments. That's the mitzvah. So of course it pushes off Shabbos. There's no, no question about it. Sigimara says, Mitzvah, as I'll ask you, he learned the Brais, Shir, Shosheva, Dechus, Shabbos, Rabbi Yehuda, coming off Yom Tefina Dechus. This supports, this supports what Rabbi Abba just said, that the argument in Rabbi Yehuda and the rabbis is only regarding to the simple Peshev, not regarding the singing, playing the instrument over the sacrament. Mm-hmm. Your mother says, Lema, let's say, Bashir Shoshayev of the Pligi. What was the song? Avo Bashir Shokarbin, the Hakal Dechas Shabbos. Limit you to Rabbi Yesi Betalti. So it's a question of Rabbi Yesi on both things. Not only is it a question because Rabbi Yesi said that when it comes to Simchus Beshev, everyone agrees it does not push off. You're not allowed to play the instruments if it's for, on Shabbos and Yom Here the Brayzer says clearly, Rabbi Yehuda says you are allowed to play the instruments on Shabbos and Yom for the for the extra joy of the drawing of the water. So that's one question. But then there's another question. Rabbi Yehuda said that uh, that that 
that Rabbi Yisrael who the holds you're allowed to play the instruments over the sacrifice, and the rabbis say you don't play the instruments over the sacrifice. From this Braise, who spells out the argument is only in regarding to the drawing of the water, the drawing of the ring of water, but when it comes to singing over the sacrifice, playing instruments over the sacrifice, even the rabbis would agree. So Rabbi Yisrael's opinion is entirely refuted on both, on both sides. Both things that Rabbi Yisrael said should be refuted. No. Really, I'll, t- I'll explain the Braise. Yes, I can't explain the second part of the Braise. Yes, my words are refuted. But I'll tell you what the Braise is saying. That they're arguing in both cases. The rabbis disagree. The rabbis say not only don't you play the flute and the instruments with the extra drawing, you're not allowed to play the flute and the instruments even over the sacrifice. They're also arguing when it comes to the sacrifice. Then why does the Brais only mention the argument in relation and regarding to the extra joy of the drawing of the water? To teach you the power of Rabbi Yisrael Rabbi Yehuda, that he's so lenient. It's a greater novelty when a rabbi has the power to be lenient. It doesn't take much to be strict. You don't have to be a very learned person to be strict. You just play it safe because you don't, you don't want to take any risks. You don't take any chances. You don't want to really get to the depth of the matter. So you just play it safe. You know what? We're just prohibiting. But a rabbi, only a rabbi really knows his stuff. <laughs> Who really has authority. Who really understands, very deeply understands what's going on. He has the power to say that it's okay. So Rabbi Yitzhak, Rabbi Yehuda is being lead. He says you're allowed to play instruments even in some Shev. But the rabbis who are strict, they're not just strict uh, even <coughs> by, by sacrifice also as well, they're also strict. There's no playing of instruments, period. But it says, this is the cholol of Beis HaShe'eva that doesn't push off Shabbos and Yantis. This, he spells out, this doesn't push off That the rabbis say, the rabbis say, Zeo. It says now a Mishnah. This is, this is the flute of the extra joy of the drawing of the water, which does not push off Shabbos, not Yantis. Meaning that this is. Only this doesn't push off Shabbos, not But the sacrifice does push off the flute, pushes off the flute. But the sacrifice is not push off playing with the instrument. According to who does it go? According to Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, surely you play the flute. What's the chiddush? What does he have to teach me? If he says that it pushes off, that you're allowed to play a flute, so of course it's not going to Rabbi Yehuda. The Mishnah can't be going to Rabbi Yehuda. According to Rabbi Yehuda, you are allowed to play the flute in Shabbos Our Mishnah says he can't play the flute in Shabbos so when the Mishnah who says he can play, you cannot play the flute in Shabbos and Yom says only this you cannot play in Shabbos and Yom but something else you could, over the sacrifice you could, this must be the opinion of the rabbis, Elav Rabbanon. So according to the rabbis, even the rabbis agree that you're allowed to play the flute over the sacrifices. So Rabbi Yisif is completely refuted. Everything he said is completely refuted. He said, Rabbi Yisim said that the, that the rabbis hold when it comes to sacrifice, you're not allowed to play instruments. Even over sacrifice. Clearly from our mission to see you are allowed. 
He said that even Nabi Yisrael Rabbi Yehuda agrees that um, that um, even Nabi Yisrael Rabbi Yehuda agrees that on Simcha Shevi you're not allowed to play an instrument. The Brayzer says clearly you are allowed to play. Rabbi Yisrael Rabbi says you are allowed to play an instrument on Shabbos and Yantiv for the extra joy of rejoicing. So everything Rabbi Yisrael said is completely refuted, and Rabbi um, but Abba is completely correct. That the argument is between the rabbis and Rabbi Yehuda is only when it comes to the extra joy of the drawing of the water that the that Rabbi Yehuda permits, and the rabbis say no. Here they put their foot down, and say no, you can't play instruments. It doesn't push off the Shabbos and the Yantiv. When it comes to the sacrifice, everyone agrees they allowed to play the instrument over the sacrifice, even on Shabbos and even over the Yantiv. That's halacha, and that's the. At that time. Yeah, at that time. Yeah, that's the halach. That's the halach. Yeah. Question is, when Mashiach will come, are we going to go back to the first temple? There won't be any need for all these prohibitions, all these rabbinic prohibitions that the rabbis added in the second base of English. Mashiach will come, we're going to be so elevated and so enlightened, and the whole world will be so elevated and saturated with knowledge of Hashem. Are we going to go back to the first temple? We won't need all the, all these uh, all these rabbinic prohibitions. No, you won't. We're not. We won't need anybody. Yeah, No, they proposed they proposed the plaster, but the rabbi said no. Leave it as it is. No, 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 no. Proposed uh, gold. So, so how, how does he describe it there? What do you mean? Um, he took in a row, took out a row. No, the, the rows were not. It wasn't flat. It was. It was yeah, you know, bri- you know, bricks. In, a row was out. You know, like you see some bricks are out, some are in. You know, you have a pattern. That, oh, it's like a pattern. Like a pattern. You it know, says see, here to make it look yeah, like it's moving. moving like that. Right. Oh, right. Right. It looked like it was moving. But then. Then when they do plaster it, you gotta you gotta it makes a nice smooth wall in the end run, and then he was gonna put gold over it. Right. They only plastered the. the and they said leave to, it like to, to hold it in place, not to cover it. They didn't cover it. Once you have the, the plaster on, then you could put the gold right over it. it no, nice no, they didn't do that. They cemented no, it. No, they never did that. Basically, they cemented it into place. Yeah. In the end, when they left it with the pattern, because right. the sages said it looked like it turned to play with the sages. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never heard of that. A lot of things went on there. Oh, he's talking about the walls, not talking about the floor. Oh, yeah. So he's talking, he's, he's talking about the walls, not the floor. The floor, instead of placing cement, which would, which would, mar, the, yeah, the would mar the beauty, he set in. Every row was set in a little. So the part that was set in inside the wall, you had the space. That's where he put the cement right. to hold it, hold it together. Right. Okay. Okay. And then they proposed gold. They said no. Yeah, he proposed to cover it with gold. Let it let it alone. This is much much nicer. Looks like waves. Looks like waves. Yeah. Whoever never saw this beautiful shul 
in Alexander in Egypt never saw the honor of the Jewish people. Amru, they said, it can be basilki. It was like a huge palace, tower. Stav lefnim mistav. Rows of benches. Rows of benches. riba, riba, some say that he, sometimes he had 600,000 Jews there or, or twice as many. It was a gigantic shul. Mm. And he had 71 golden, golden uh, thrones, like seats. I guess all the billionaires, they, they sold off the seats. <laughs> 71 seats corresponding to the Sanhedrin Gedela, the Jewish Supreme Court, which had 71 members. Each one, each seat was, was the equivalent of 21, not less than 21 ribu, 10,000 kikris of. Phenomenal amount of gold. There was a, a, a bima in the middle of the shul, an elevated platform. A stage of a chazan aknesses. Even the lev asudim yadin. The chazan would stand there, and he had he had flags, because no one could hear the chazan. Mm. No matter how loud you are, even Cantor health got, you wouldn't be able to hear him at the at the other end. Even she gil on this amen when it came time to answer amen. Hello, the chazan aknesses. Many pesuda would wave the flag. Hello, you know they knew it was time to answer amen. They wouldn't mix. Zahavin, those who make gold with Neatman. Every every craftsman would sit with their own. The Kasafin and those who made the silver with Neatman. The Napkin and those who who did the the metal work would would sit on their own with Neatman. The Tarsim and those who did the copper with Neatman. The Gardim and those who who weave who would weave. Would sit uh, the garment uh, the garment district would sit on their own. But you had that in Chicago. You had the plumber shul, the electrician shul. No, in the same in the same shul, you had the section. Well, when you shul, sign up for Rosh Hashanah, they ask you. You Chicago, want the sports right? section. You want mm-hmm. the the, the uh, stock section. Which which right, which, right. And we had shuls like that. The day traders would sit together and the. The day traders are you about? <laughs> I used to work with them. When a poor person would come in, he would find his place. He would feel comfortable. He would sit together with, with where those. Where those find a job. Yeah, the same trade. Yeah, that's right. That's how Jews help each other. They would talk to each other in shul. You need help. You have a job. I'm looking for someone. Perfect. So a shul serves many purposes. Not just you come to pray, but you also you look out to your fellow Jew. Shul, no, not just business. You help out another yid. Amrabaya Abaya says, "Vakulu Katlinu Alexander's Megdan. All of them were murdered by Alexander. Alexander, my tamay intro. Why were they punished? That they were all killed out? Because they violated this passage. Not to go back to Egypt. Hashem says, "You're not going back." And they went back. Hashem says, "You're done with Egypt. Finish." No, they went back. and they went back. Therefore, they were punished. He also, when Alexander reached Egypt, he found them reading in the title. Today, today's Chumash. Today's Chumash. Hashem will lift up over you a nation from a distance. 
Why would they say Shimon and Tzadik? Why would they say Shimon and It wasn't its former self. It was, most Jews didn't go up. Most stayed in the Babylonia. So in today's Chumash, we're Mamash learning this today. Really? This was the curse, the 98 curses, one of the 90 curses that a Goy will come from a distance. And. Listen, emotion. and that you don't speak its language. So he says, on himself, I would really take me Hashem made me come swiftly. A wind came, blew on the sails. Right. And and right. I came days. in five days. So therefore, it's a sign. He took it as a sign. Hashem is telling him, "You are that one." Right. You can kill them all out. It says in the Mishnah, "Mitzrayim to make a tikkun gadol. They would fix up the the courtyard." My tikkun gadol. I'm Rabbi Lazar. Like we learned, he says, "Chalok In the beginning, in the beginning, the walls were were smooth. Was, there was nothing sticking out. And then they put, they put a balcony, balcony in the walls. Too much mingling. No, no, no. There were beams. And then on the yeah. beams, on the beams, they would make a balcony. And that's where the women, you know, the women's section yeah, was above. The women should be on top, and the men below. That's where all the shoals, the women's section are on top. There was too much mingling. In the beginning, the women were inside, the men were outside. While you boil the callous raisin, they would come to mingle and they would come to lightheadedness. Oh, so they said the women should be outside in the temple mount and Ashram Bufnim in the courtyard. But I know you boil the callous raisin because you have to walk through them, you have to get here. My love and Ashram Mata, the women above, because that's the reality. The women are above, are higher, and the men are below. That's the way it is. ואז <laughs> It says, Mashiach will come in the prophecy of Zechariah, one of the last prophets. Mashiach will come, Mashiach when Yosef will die, will be killed in the battle of Goyg and Magal. So they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna mourn him. They're going to eulogize him and mourn him. So he says that the house, the family of, da- of David will sit alone. Their wives will sit separate. So even, so have Advarim Kavachem, Mashiach will come. We're talking about the times of Mashiach. And people are mourning, a tragedy. You're not thinking about sin at that time. And Mashiach is coming, so you're not thinking about sin. Mashiach will come, they're not tearing down the Mechitza. Even when Mashiach will come, the men will be separate, the women will be separate. Sure. But there's no Yetzirah. Because, and so how much more so? Achshav, now we have a Yetzirah, Sukkim B'Simcha, and you're joyful. And joy could leave the frivolity. Yetzirah, Shailah, Ben, Lachzam, Kamma. Frivolity. 
How much more? So again, separating the men and the women is not because necessarily because we're a bunch of animals and you know we're gonna. You don't even sit with your own family. No. So the reason for separating men from women is because when you when you're davening, it's you and Hashem. There's no no one else exists. Nothing else exists. Not even your family. It's a relationship that even transcends the relationship of your family. Everyone has a personal, intimate relationship with Hashem, and you're lost in prayer. It's you and Hashem. You're oblivious to everything around you. The world ceases to exist. So yes, we're davening in a community. You're davening with a minion. You're davening in a house where your wife is on the other side, your daughter is on the other side, your family is on the other side, your community is on the other side. But we're all in this together. You're davening as a community, but the community does not suppress the individual. Every individual is lost in his own personal, intimate, private discussion with Hashem. As if you're the only one in the world, you and Hashem. So you have the, only by Jews do you have this unique combination. You're in a public space and you do not suppress the individuality of the individual. Everyone has a personal relationship with Hashem. That's why you have a mechitza. That's the ultimate. Even Mashiach comes. Why are you having a mechitza? There's no Yetzirah, you're busy mourning, but you separate the men and the women. So you have to have a proper mechitza, a proper separation. Everyone have a good Shabbos and a wonderful